This is Lampshade Media Presents Live. show was a complete success except for the parts that weren't a complete success <laughs> what do you mean oh hey you know what i actually do want to take this moment to introduce uh my roommate how's it going guys the uh yeah the lead producer here at uh at uh, lampshade studios tyson shipman welcome welcome me first time on the show uh, as a as a person yeah this is the uh first time you're you will hear my voice yeah, he's usually uh, twisting knobs behind the scenes and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, we just wanted to talk about the show a little bit. Uh, what did you think of the night? Man, I was actually surprised. It was uh, way more fun than I ever could have dreamed it would have been. I was actually very – had a lot of anxiety. I was nervous. Is anyone actually going to come? Is it just going to be, like, an awkward – because I've played in bands. You know, I've played shows with one person in the audience, you know. And you just, no matter what, if there's only one person, you just feel awkward. And I was surprised that everybody came out. It was a great time. The food was insane. Yeah, uh, Paddy Wagon is uh, killing it up in here. Yeah, it was well, a great time. Definitely uh, check them guys out. They're, they've been hooking us up with food, and it's uh, yeah, good stuff. And, yeah, we had all this uh, all this beer here that, uh, that somebody hooked us up with. Right. And <clears throat> good time. But uh, I, of course, got shit-faced. Sure, I don't, I, th- I don't know why. I mean, <laughs> not like I ever do that. Yeah, it could have been it could have been the uh, the whiskey uh, from the beginning. Mm. Um, I, I got whiskey drunk before the show was over. Yep, and uh, yeah, I ended up knocking the damn recorder off of a bar stool, which was uh, you know at the time just embarrassing because oh I'm a clumsy drunk you know sure. and I felt like an asshole and I you know walked off and like. <laughs> and I, yeah, and and I also uh, refer. I, I introduced uh, Dustin Meadows as Doug Meadows, <laughs> yeah. which was, I think he still hates me a little bit. Possibly. <laughs> I I hope that he'll forgive me because we're still working together on some stuff. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. But anyway, yeah. Then he has to reintroduce himself, and uh, I just thought that was embarrassing enough. Right. I didn't find out that we actually lost both Doug and Amber's content until the following morning. Yeah, and the, what's funny about that is I had a dream that I had already told you, and you were cool with it. And then, you know, <laughs> well, we didn't wake up till six o'clock in the afternoon or evening. I'm like Mel, did I told you that we didn't get the recording? And you're like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> and you you relived this like sadness. Oh, that I had, I had dreamed or dreamt that you had already lived and you were fine with it. Well, <laughs> and you had already gone through it. Like, you'd figured it out, and you're just like, right. oh, shit. When I found out, I was like, well, that, what are we going to do? <laughs> That's for the show. There's, the listeners are supposed to be hearing right. that. Right. So, yeah, I like didn't leave my room for two days. I think it took me those two days to just to bring up the courage to like, go to Doug and Amber and say, hey, remember all that content I promised you? Yeah. <laughs> It's fair. It's fair, though. We're, I think that uh, we've handled this situation as best that we could. Yeah, by uh, by boring uh, conversation, uh, right? 
between uh, between us right now is basically what we're replacing That's that with. That's the best we got. Mm-hmm. You know what? Actually, we can do better than that. Okay. We can do that. Let's, let's give Doug a call. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I already told him. Okay, you told him we were gonna call. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Well, I didn't tell him we were gonna call. I told him. Uh, I told him the, about the uh, thing. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, you already let them know that we yeah, screwed yeah. everything up. Right, them. right. I told him. It took me a couple of days, and, I, and then I finally okay. like messaged him or whatever. Yeah, that would be kind of weird if you didn't tell them, and then we just surprise call them. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty shitty. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, All right. Uh, give him a call. Do it. Hello, this is Wonder Doug. Hey, Doug. How you doing? It's Mel. I'm not awful. How are you? <laughs> I am also not awful. Oh, man, what a day. I have been at it. I uh, just picked up a, a whole lot of beer. <laughs> I think you saw the picture on Instagram already. Yes. Beer is good. <laughs> yeah, well, I it's not for like you, that. obviously. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, we talked about the fact that I lost your content and it was a heartbreaking experience for me because you and Amber were on fire that night. Yeah, we're on fire most nights. I, <laughs> I felt okay to lose stuff. Yeah, yeah. You I mean, obviously like when I I mean, Jesus Christ, when people say that, they're not saying you're less than the other nights. I'm <laughs> yeah, it's that, you know, you know what Billy said when I told him I lost the content? I was like so ashamed and shit. You know, you know what he said? What? He, he's like, yeah, you're you're a real podcaster now. Oh, <laughs> I guess me and Amber were a rite of passage to you. By the way, that's okay. a shout out to Billy Mountain of Sounds of Bustown. It's a local music oh. podcast. I I should inform the audience of who I, of whom I speak. But he's a pleasant person. I like his company. Oh yeah, and I love I love Sounds of Bus Town. So yeah, shout out Billy Mount. So uh, anyway, yeah, lost the content. And but what'd you think of the night? I wanted to ask you what you thought of it. I didn't get some feedback from you. I already had a really good time at the show. It was really fun. I didn't know what to think going into it, but I had a really good time. It's one of the better shows I've done this summer. Um, really? I've told all my comedian people that it's okay to do a show with you because you're large and that can be intimidating, but I've already put good feelers out for the lampshade stuff. Oh, well, thank you, man. That's that's beautiful. We only had one heckle the whole night. I was, I was proud of that. Hecklers don't, they're not, I don't know, they're, they're random. I don't. I don't really deal with them much. Sometimes <laughs> I go too fast and people aren't sure what the fuck I am anyway, so they don't really <laughs> You've got them so off balance, you don't even have to worry about it, huh? Yeah, they sit there and watch the train wreck, and it's like, okay, this is a thing. <laughs> They're more like, wow. <laughs> no. Yeah, but I had a really good time. The carpet is very pleasant. Um, if any comedians are thinking about not doing it because of, like, weird carpet don't worry about it it's soft it's pleasant it looks really well vacuumed (laughs) we did vacuum it it may have been the first time we vacuumed it in like several months but uh it was freshly vacuumed for that show it it was a good time um i there is a photo from Catherine Lindsay because she was taking photos where it looks like i'm rubbing my butt on your living room wall and i i kind of thought that was pretty sweet (laughs) i yeah 
there's probably no one else that I would rub rub my butt on their wall, but just yeah, that's just like, for my house, huh? Yeah, I was like, this, this is the first show. It's got to be big. It's got to be over the top. I gotta, gotta do something. And apparently, that's what I wanted to do. Is just you know what I'm gonna do on your wall for yeah. for for uh, Friday's show, which uh, at the time of this airing, uh, it will have been last Friday's show. Uh, oh, <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get a uh, an empty picture frame and take the back out and just hang a frame over the part of the wall that you rubbed your ass on. That's fine. It's kind of like when a dog dog marks their territory. That way, no other gay <laughs> comedians get feel comfortable in that place. Um, who are your comedians that you're gonna have in the in the future slash past? Yes, yes. In uh, in Back to the Future on uh, on the 16th, uh, we we will we had uh, Walt Yosef, Olivia Smith, okay. and Travis Haywisher. I always oh, I always all- mess that up. What's yeah, that? those are all good comedians. I um I love Olivia. I live with Walter. Maybe I'll tell Walter to rub her butt on uh, a couch or something. We could just slowly just rub her butt on your entire thing. It'd just be a cute thing. Yeah, then we'll Travis, we'll have to get get Danny uh Danny over to uh, do that too. So all of the roommates. Well, if you're branching out for music, yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> I would tell Travis Haywisher to do it, but. He's a straight man, and I'm trying not to hit on straight men as much. I'm trying oh, yeah. to do a new thing. But Travis Haywisher has pleasant eyes, and I like his laugh. Yeah, I could I could see him uh, him being in your uh, in your ballpark for uh, for for male attractiveness. Oh yeah, I just want to make him proud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had a good time. We got really drunk. Uh, we we. Travis, me, and and Tyson killed a handle together when I interviewed him. That's not triggering to me at all. Yeah, I'm sorry. I shouldn't talk to you about that, but I feel like I can just talk to you about anything. Yeah, you can. And and two years from now, when you listen to this, you'll realize, like, oh, I could have told Doug everything. And you're like, ah, missed opportunity. And you'll smack your forehead like Homer Simpson. (laughs) Don't. But uh, this is airing on the twentieth of August. Uh, what do you what What do you got going on around that around that time? You want to promote promote? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know that was a question. Oh, um, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. The the things that I'm always first Fridays at Shrunken Head for a really awesome variety show. That's something that everyone should check out. That's Definitely. the only thing I should plug that is always a good time but you got this new show well it's not new it's like rebranded yeah it's a rebranded show but it won't make sense to plug out this date because i'm not doing september because space bar has it i'm fine on just plugging the variety show all right well yeah space bar will be back in october and people will forget by the time it airs it's it's okay i i I don't think you should be so self-defeating you know because this is a good reminder for when it comes back up and oh, okay. I was yeah. I was super curious about I think I think you're right though everybody needs to go to Shrunken Head and see the variety show because it's crazy Wonder Dog's variety show is amazing and, it, and it's always a killer such a good mm-hmm. time I have really talented friends and it's really fun to play pretend and have a packed bar and be able to do our thing it's, it's I'm I'm very lucky in that regard so and yeah and Shrunken Head is an awesome bar and it's a great venue yeah. too. Right. It is. 
yeah, yeah. totally it's a good place to hang out and that that uh, that back patio is always full of really cool people at your show <laughs> yeah i always like to be like hey guys you're missing it and they're like what i'm smoking pot and stuff and I'm like whatever i got your cover thanks for respecting the art and <laughs> that's pretty much how it goes Man, I'm just triggering triggering you all all night. I don't care. It happens often. You can't be this fucked up and not be triggered by most things. <laughs> I'm actually okay. I I'm in a good spot. I just say weird things. Yeah. Sometimes because well, I that's why talk. I love you, of course. Also, this is what happens when I go off script. Is there's not prompt questions? I just get freaked out and babble. Yeah. So, well, sorry. that's and that's that's pretty entertaining. This is good podcast material, sir. Okay. Sure. So. I want to know, like, how you guys decided the order of the names and the new branding of uh, of your Space Bar show. Well, the show was originally called It's Not You, It's Me um, Comedy Showcase, and that was Cecil Heyman's idea. And Cecil Heyman and me started that show at Space Bar two years ago, and then we kind of grew apart, and Cecil stepped back um, and didn't host anymore. And uh, Dave Berkey, one of my best friends, decided to step up and do it. Um, and we it, we kind of kept the name for a minute, but then just rebranded it. So basically, the new format will be every second Thursday at Space Bar um, is a comedy showcase uh, followed by a Q and A um, done by me and Dave Berkey. Who I don't know. I I like Dave Berkey a lot, and we're buddies, and we never really get a chance to hang out with comedians. Um, so we kind of it's kind of just us shooting the shit with them after, and it's fun. It maybe it's a kind of like uh i should do a podcast but i don't have time to do one fuck it i have a show here let's do this so it was fun though the first one went off really great well that's awesome and i i didn't get to catch the first one unfortunately and it sounds like it's i'll okay. have to wait uh, till we'll, october to catch more yeah. yep second thursday in october okay. um i'll probably be making people wear costumes because i'm that bitch and <laughs> october's just halloween well uh but it I've, should be fun i've got interesting interesting news is uh that and yeah. this is the first time that i am uh announcing any of this is just on the podcast i will announce it on the uh on the internets later but uh i'm going to have dave berkey and natalie berkey and okay. dan Seabree in my in my living room at lampshade studios on september 13th oh that's that's a really fun lineup i approve of all those people yeah yeah, I've 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 been excited to talk to Dan. He's uh, we we've we've gotten to know each other a little bit since he's moved from Dayton to Columbus, and I was excited to talk to him. And I was really excited to have a uh, comedy couple on the show, and and Dave and Natalie are so goddamn funny. So I'm very excited yeah, about it. They're I'm 100 percent behind that show. That's a great, another great lineup. So you did good, three for three. Well, the first one was a bit of a. Mm, but the second two sound really great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god, that first show! Like, I got so I got. Uh, well, I'm gonna have a new rule. I'm not going to drink whiskey until the third act. Until That's after I get done announcing the act, and then I'm gonna start drinking whiskey, and I'll I'll try to be drunk by the time we do Q and A. That's fine. I mean, that's my new it rule. Happens. Yeah. Life is a lesson. You keep figuring shit out. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what? I've taken enough of your time, man. I, thanks for answering my call, dude. Um, and I am so sorry I lost your content, and I'm so appreciative that you performed and like everyone had such a good time that night. And I it's think. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. I just want to say real fast. Um, 
that it was actually me that sabotaged the equipment, and this was a long con just to get your phone number. So I'm the real winner in the end. <laughs> Thank you for your phone number. That's true. I didn't have your phone number until this very night. Some things are destined. We don't need. We don't even need Facebook Messenger anymore. Yeah, I'm gonna delete the whole app now. Thanks. <laughs> All right, man. I love you, Doug. I love you too, and I'll be hearing from you tomorrow. Goodbye. All right, bye. <laughs> man, I love Doug, and I feel like such a weird, awkward asshole for like wanting to talk to him <laughs> about. About uh, being so drunk like four times. He's been sober like two years and he's always out at bars and it's like, you know, he never drinks and, he, right. and he's like, just got to listen to people talk about drinking all the time. It's like, oh, I was so <laughs> drunk and it's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> Such an asshole, but uh, it's all right. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's also very gracious, um, obviously, because he still wants to, uh, to talk to me after I like lost all that content. I mean, I probably would have a hard time forgiving you, but, you know. You you probably would probably I mean you you already did if I would oh that's true <laughs> well, I'm not a stand up comedian that recorded in our living room so I don't know I don't know the feeling yeah obviously I don't care about anything so it's you know we were still able to pay him very well right. uh, every 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 comedian got got a really good really good night and uh, and got some good money you know what let's give uh, why don't we give Amber a call right now okay yeah because she's the other person that we lost all their stuff yeah okay that's fair. Hello, Amber. Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> not much. How you doing? Did I catch you at a bad time? Um, not a bad time. I was fucking driving to Indiana, so it's not your fault. Yeah? I'm going there. It's mine. What you doing in Indy? Um, I'm on a show tonight. It should be cool. I just, uh, uh, it'll be good. It'll be good. But I just say Wendy's and I'm pissed at myself. Say what? I just say Wendy's and it was disgusting. I'm so sorry. We got some. Yeah, uh, we got some delicious paddy wagon upstairs, because uh, this Here. is actually yeah. We just opened the doors. We're just doing our second uh, our second showcase for Lampshade Media uh, Presents Live. Hell yeah! It yeah. was a great time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That uh, that episode is going to be coming out next week, but uh, oh, yeah. awesome. I just wanted to uh, just make a public mea culpa. At this moment, because I felt so fucking bad for losing that content. Oh, shit. Yeah, from the first show. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Whatever, dude. I can tell you've been uh, thinking I mean, about it a lot. <laughs> no, I um, I think it, it's one of those things where I just remember having such a good time. And uh, I, um, you know... Whatever whiskey can do that to you, bud. Yeah, <laughs> you know I usually I, I usually do a little better. Oh, whatever. That was a you, really great first show, dude. Did you Did you have a good time? I had a great time. I just I don't think I left your house till like three a.m. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, I think there was at least three or four people sacked out on couches randomly. Oh my god! Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I think I took a, I took a lift home, and uh, God, I. Fucking felt terrible the next day. But <laughs> 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 you got to pay for it to feel that good, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was sweet though. I had a great time. I'm sorry that I got fucked up. I'm sure, 
I'm sure you've uh, arranged um, for a more sturdy stage this time, yeah? Oh, yeah. We got the uh, yeah we got the recorder taped down to the bar stool. Don't tape this time. Yeah, yeah. We're getting real it's real hearty with it. Everything. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We, and then I moved my, uh, my, my little beer stool over to the other side so they're not going to be anywhere near each other. I got this all oh, figured great. out now, Amber. Sounds like you're <laughs> nailing it already. Yeah, it was um, a it was a real learning experience. Loud. What's that? <laughs> can you hear? I'm sorry. Can you hear loud and terrible my car is? No, no, I can't. I I did a little bit when I first got on, but now I think it's just become you know the 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 environment I'm used to. Very is, good. Is that how you feel? Okay, I grew up near yeah. train tracks, so uh, you know I couldn't even hear him. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty shitty. I mean, she's a good girl. I don't want to talk shit on her. She's better get me to Indianapolis a lot. But yeah. uh, it's uh, it has manual windows, so I'm on the freeway, and I, like, can't, while I'm driving and talking on the phone, put up that other window. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I could. I'm just not sure. Um, You're going to be using the phone, leaning over. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is, it would be absolutely <laughs> fucking horrible if you died in a horrible car accident on the recording with me. Oh my god! You'd have to play this at my funeral. <laughs> It'd be so good. That would be like the darkest shit ever, especially if it yeah. happened now that we've already talked about it. No, that'd be great because <laughs> then everyone would know my last meal. They would have everyone. I don't know. It's, it's all good stuff. <laughs> well, I think it'd be it'd be charming. Hey everybody, <laughs> I miss you. Being dead is kind of tight. It's uh, pretty good. <laughs> Well, while I got you on the phone, like a little a little yeah. update in uh, in the life of Amber, um, you have recently publicly announced, and I'm a little salty that you were holding this information out on me, like during interviews ah. and shows. Very very cagey this one, but uh, now yeah. you're uh, making a big move to Vancouver. I am. Holy shit! Yeah, this big semi truck decided to drive by me right now. Uh, yeah, dude, Vancouver. Um, it's uh, oops. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm really excited. It'll be it'll be sweet, but it's not close. It's <laughs> not close at all. It's way the hell away. But uh, do you it's know anything about the scene there yet? Drive. Do I know anything about what? Like the comedy scene there yet? No, and I keep trying to look stuff up. I found some clubs and stuff out there, but. I'm just going to be a new piece of shit in a big, weird city, man. So <laughs> whatever, bring it on. I'm excited. <laughs> well, uh, like when you uh, when are you leaving? I leave probably December, yeah. Well, how, you got a few shows before then? Why don't you tell us about them? Oh, yeah. I'm still going to do Growling Gremlin all the way through December. Um, Dan Seabree is actually who I'm passing the torch to on that which is awesome. He's going to be amazing. Oh, shit. Um, okay, that's that's fucking great. I love him. He's actually going to be on our next show, on our next oh, showcase. Yes. That's, oh, my God. He's great. Like, I felt like when I first met him when he was in Dayton, I was like, this guy's my actual brother. Like, my little comedy bro, dude. He's yeah. awesome. We've um, been, uh, we've been kind of becoming show, a little bit so. uh, closer, I guess, getting to know each other. He's really amazing. Yeah. He, he is. He's going to... He's gonna nail it on the head. So it's still gonna be a monthly show. Um, and then I don't know. I got a few little kind of weird things I've always wanted to do in the works. 
that I haven't really announced yet, um, and I don't really have dates for yet. So, yeah, keep an eye out because I've got All some right. shit coming up for sure. Yeah. So we got got a little tease there. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> well, that's that's. Are you excited for tonight? Oh, I'm so excited! I'm so excited. Yeah, we got uh, we got uh, uh, Olivia Smith, Walter Yosef, and Travis Hosher. Actually, Haywisher. Yeah. And you know, I do it. I do it. I mix his name up every time. But oh, anyway, yeah. it's hard to remember. It's so stupid. I'm gonna practice it in the mirror like Anchorman before I introduce him tonight. <laughs> it's just as much as it's like pretend his last name is Hit. Pretend his last name is Wisher, and that you're saying hey to him. Yeah, I get that. Like, I already made that, like, little connection that, <laughs> and, and I still, like, I still just, you know, I don't know. Anyway, but, um, yeah. but yeah, we got, uh, we got the food up here. I got seven cases of beer, and then, uh, I decided that there was a lot of IPAs in there, so then I went and got some PBRs, too. We got oh, a bunch of, yeah, I got a bunch of food, got a bunch of beer, and I got myself some whiskey, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it slow on the whiskey this time until the yeah, third act. Yeah, somebody in charge of you. By the time Travis is done, I will. I want to be wasted by the Q and A. I feel like I owe that Perfect. to my people, you know. Absolutely, it was yeah. hilarious last time. I had a blast. <laughs> that was that was really fun, actually. I like that. Uh, yeah, I I had such a good time, and and you know what? All of our listeners out there would have had such a good time listening to it as well. They would have loved it. <laughs> they they would have. <laughs> I'm going to get better. <laughs> hey, well, do you mind if I, like, maybe occasionally just, you know, shoot you a phone call uh, with uh, maybe whoever I'm talking to when you're in Vancouver? Yeah. You know. Shoot who a phone call? You. Like, maybe, like, I'm talking to somebody here in the studio, and they uh, they want they, they miss you. It's been six months or whatever. And, you know, you mind if I give you a oh call sometime? God. Dude, absolutely. Do it all the time. I'm going to have no friends. <sighs> Gonna be great. Oh, I'll you're gonna find Catherine. friends immediately. <laughs> I'll see. I don't know. Not if I die in this car. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing fine. What sucks about doing comedy and driving west? Anytime you have to go west to do comedy, shows are at night. You know what I mean? So like, you're always just driving into the sunset. I'm just driving into like a big yellow blob right now. As far as I know, I could be fucking dead. Oh yeah. <laughs> That is, oh yeah, that is a pain right. at this hour. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Seriously, call me. That'd be fun. I'm. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm into it because I think everybody in Columbus is gonna miss you. So uh, it'd be good to to let them hear your your sweet angelic voice, and <laughs> oh, all of God, your characters. Yeah. Oh jeez. <laughs> not not everyone's gonna miss me, but thank you for that. I'll pretend they do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you uh, you kill it tonight, Amber. Good luck. Hey, have so much fun. Tell All everyone right. I said hello. I will. I will tell them I just got off the phone with you. Hell yeah. All right. Eat a bunch of meat. Have fun. Take your time. You're amazing, and it's going to be a great show. All right. Thanks for talking to me. Okay. I'll see you, Mel. All right. Bye. Bye. Man. When I first uh, when I first heard that she was uh, leaving town, I couldn't believe it. I was like, because I had done the interview right. and I had done the uh, the the show, right? And we actually talked about Dustin leaving town uh, during that because Dustin's moving to L.A. Uh, uh, like next year or something, right? And so we had all these conversations and like, she, and I'm like, no, she would have told me. No, Amber <laughs> loves me. She wouldn't have kept that secret from me. Yeah, but you know, it wasn't. Just me she was keeping it from, so I guess it's okay. 
That's, that's <laughs> crazy that so many good people are leaving Columbus. Well, Columbus is kind of a weird like that. It's like there's a lot of people coming and going just because uh, you've got you know people coming for college and people right. coming for careers. People that come for careers also leave for careers. Right. So there is a lot of uh, you know I've got friends from all over the world now from uh, hanging out with people in Columbus just because. Uh, I've had a lot of friends move away. You know, at the end of the, here, here I'm going to my uh, my good buddy D Money, one of my best <laughs> friends. Uh, he's he's getting married, and so he moved to Hawaii. Right. Met a girl there, so Las Vegas was a good in between for both families. Gotcha. <laughs> so Columbus is just like a just like a pass pass her through state, right? Uh, a little bit. Or city, a little I bit. Say. There's there's some of that. You know, some people stick around. Well, uh, speaking of. Uh, Somebody's leaving uh, Dustin Meadows. We actually do have his live show. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> we we I'm I'm so happy that we at least caught this and we were able to salvage it. So God bless Dustin Meadows. Yeah, hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, not Doug, not Doug Meadows. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, Dustin Meadows. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. How we doing? Hell yeah. Excited to be here. I love doing house shows. Uh, I'll tell you this much for free before I ever threw my life away doing comedy. Uh, I used to play in punk rock bands all the time because I've just never been interested in financial stability at any point in my life. But I, I did. Music was my first love. I've been playing since I was like 14. I did it through college. And eventually, I got to a point where I kind of had to make a choice. I started doing comedy. And comedy's nice because you don't have to fucking rely on your shitty drummer, uh, <laughs> who just seemed to habitually be hungover through rehearsal constantly. So, so I made the transition. I do comedy now. I've been doing it for a while. It's been pretty good to me. It's cool. I do miss playing music, so I've been trying to get back into that. Like, I'll play acoustic gigs every now and then. Uh, and I was recently in the market for a new guitar case for my guitar, so I went on Amazon, was reading a bunch of product reviews, came across a review that simply said, I don't know much about guitars, but this guitar case fits my AR-15 assault rifle perfect, five stars. <laughs> Who wrote this review? Antonio Banderas from the movie Desperado? What is this? <laughs> the only person should be writing that review. I don't like that, though. I don't like when those worlds collide, you know? I don't, I'm not a gun person. I would never walk into a gun shop and disrespect gun people by racking a shotgun and being like, yeah, I think that's smoke on the water. I think I figured it. <laughs> Give me a couple more minutes. Maybe I can figure out smells like teen spirit, see where the evening takes us. All right. Yeah, you get it. And like, like I said, like I'm not a gun person. I've shot a gun twice my entire life. And yeah, I felt like a man when I did it, sure. But, you know, like, there's a lot of people would say, oh, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And I'd like to posit maybe the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a guitar. Woo! Maybe I'm in bed one evening and I wake and there's an armed assailant in my home with a revolver in my face just like, all right, man, you're fucking money or your life, dude. All right. You're in control. You're in control. Just uh, humor me here at Dying Man's Last Wish and uh, hand me that guitar over there. No funny business man i'll smoke your ass no funny business you're in control you got the hand cannon just just hand me that guitar and just just let me pick a little just let me pick a little is that fucking tom petty and the heartbreakers bro well it's actually from his first solo album full moon fever but yeah it's free falling man that's free falling oh i wasn't planning on getting wet during this home invasion but here we are 
I solved the gun problem, everybody. I fixed it with art because art is important. No, it's not. <laughs> None of this fucking matters. Uh, I got engaged a couple of months ago, which I, I'm not saying it because I need validation. I'm just rubbing it in people's faces. Like five years ago, I was like, yeah, Dustin will be the comedian that kills himself. And uh, now, well, I still could be because you can get laid on the rig and still be sad. That's how it works. But I'm mostly, I'm mostly not sad for the most part. I'm better. Uh, and, and I've been living with her for about a year now, which is nice. It's the first time I've ever lived with a romantic partner before. Uh, and it's really cool. So we're trying to do things together. We're trying to share things that we enjoy with each other. For example, uh, I'm big into horror movies. Like, that's not something she was into before we got together. And now, like, that's like a weekly thing as we go and we watch scary movies at the theater together. Like, that's kind of like a cornerstone of our relationship, something we bonded over, which is really cool. Uh, she's a woman who was born in the last 30 years, so she loves Harry Potter. Like, that's her thing. And we were watching the Harry Potter films together, and uh, during the first one, she just leans over me and she goes, you know, uh, I know he doesn't look like much now, but uh, later on, Neville Longbottom gets really hot. <laughs> and I just looked right back at her. I was like, yeah, but he's 11 now. <laughs> She's like, no, I mean, when, when he's of age, when he's legal, I was like, do you hear yourself? You sound like a pedophile making up excuses. It's like, oh, old enough to bleed. I was like, no, that's what you sound like. That's what you sound like. And uh, she didn't appreciate when I gave her shit about that. She appreciated it even less when we continued watching the Harry Potter films, and I just started sexualizing every character from there on. <laughs> we got to Prisoner of Azkaban, I just looked at her, I was like, 10 bucks, says Harry fucks that griffin or whatever it is. It's <laughs> like, why, why would he do that? Well, for starters, it's a beautiful creature. Look at the, the sheer majesty, three animals, Three great tastes that taste great together, probably. <laughs> a lion, a bird, and probably a snake tail or something. I don't remember. <laughs> but like, also, like, there's clearly a connection. You see the bedroom eyes that Harry Potter is making with Buckbeak. More like Fuckbeak, am I right? <laughs> and on top of that, if you're going to attempt bestiality, what better time than when you're mere feet away from the ground's animal keeper? Like, if a griffin snaps onto your dong with its powerful beak, who better to have on hand than the half-giant Hagrid, who works with the animals? All right. <laughs> Bestiality is where I lost you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Act like you guys wouldn't fuck a kraken if you could. It probably doesn't work the same. I don't know how squids do sex. But, like... Also, on top of that, the Mile High Club exists. You know, that fantasy of doing it in the air while airborne. And you know, what better than to fuck an airplane that can hug you when it's over? That just sounds nice. I think. I guess I'm just a, a sucker for something wholesome. That's my, that's my greatest crime. That and advocating bestiality with fake animals. <laughs> Uh, one of the other things we did, uh, we went to the zoo over the winter. We went and saw the zoo lights. That was a lot of fun. I love going to the zoo. Like, I, I hate everything, and I think everything is stupid. But I, I do genuinely enjoy the splendor and wonder of nature and, and learning about whoever's creations. Was it God? Maybe. Was it three gods? I don't know. Who's to say? But, like, I, I love going there. I love learning about the animals. I love seeing them in their 
well, not their natural environment, but something got up to look like their natural environment, <laughs> which is a nice little fantasy that we play into and enable. Look, if the Columbus Zoo has a terrorist action taken across against it later this week, it wasn't me. <laughs> but uh, we were there, we were there for the zoo lights, and we were in the North American exhibit, and we were admiring some of the animals, and this guy just walks up behind me and just scoffs and goes, oh, it's just a moose. <laughs> and I wanted to turn around and scream at this guy. I was like, fuck you. You think that moose hasn't seen a million weekend dads with a receding hairline come through here? <laughs> Who the fuck are you, Steve? You drove here in an Aztec. <laughs> Look at the fucking spread on them antlers. What did you do besides get divorced three times? <laughs> Go back to pal, you fucking cunt. <laughs> Sit here and shit talk on mooses. Meese, Meeses, Moose, whatever the plural of moose is. Moose, but how do you know if I'm talking about one or multiple? It's a stupid rule of grammar. I'm declaring war on everyone tonight. Language, zookeepers, cops, people who won't fuck mythological animals. You won't spread it for a basilisk? I don't fuck with you. <laughs> oh, man. That sounds terrifying if you're a coward. <laughs> the only way you expand your comfort zone is by, ex by confronting the things you fear. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but one of the things I fear is fucking a giant snake chicken thing. <laughs> How do I grow unless I fuck a giant snake chicken thing? It's called personal growth. Learn about it. <laughs> oh, man. I've uh, been real fortunate. I've been able to do this a lot. I've been able to travel a whole bunch. Uh, I, I like doing this because uh, I, I, every year I go down south. I visit friends down there. I tour. I do shows. And every time I tell my, my open-minded liberal Columbus friends, like, hey, I'm going down south. There's like, oh, don't you know what they have in the south, Dustin? And I just go, yeah, racism. We have it in Ohio, too. <laughs> Like, the South didn't invent it. They just kind of perfected it. That's all. <laughs> but, like, that's, the, like, that's not everybody down there. Like, there, there are pockets of culture and cool people down in South. And I, and I hate that everybody in Ohio is like, oh, everybody that lives south of Kentucky is just some fucking inbred, ignorant idiot. Like, the, the, the follow-up question is almost always, but, Dustin, don't you know what happens in the movie Deliverance? Of course I know what happens in Deliverance. It's Burt Reynolds' third best movie. I never have to worry about being in a Deliverance scenario because, for starters, I don't own a canoe. I'm not going to get abducted off the river. I'll be fine. But I hate this. My open-minded friend is like, oh, everybody in the South is some toothless, sodomy, crazy hillbilly. Like, let's pretend that that's true. If that is the case, if I break down on a back road in Alabama and I'm changing a tire, that means that, like, hiding behind the bushes are a couple of toothless, sodomy, crazy hillbillies. They peek out and see me changing a tire, and it just plays out like this, just... <sighs> Maybe next week, Jasper. <laughs> Maybe then we'll get some co-eds on their way to Fort Lauderdale for spring break or something. Well, I'm not going to cornhole him. He's got a Star Wars tattoo, for Christ's sake. Man, looks like you'd feel safe in them arms, though. <laughs> looks like he'd hold you, make you feel like you was the only girl in the whole wide world. 
support you. Jasper, I'm just saying, I got my hair cut yesterday. You ain't said shit. <laughs> Jasper, if you are not careful, you are going to lose me to this Yankee. <laughs> I've been, uh, for about the last 10 months, I have been driving for Lyft because everyone my parents' age lied to me about the value of a college education. <laughs> and uh, it, it's, been, it's been interesting. It's been eye-opening. The cool thing about driving for Lyft is that when you're logged in, when you're driving, you can be anybody you want to be. During the day, I'm Dustin Meadows, handsome, funny man about town. During the evening, Dustin, five-star rated Lyft driver, aggressively into ska music. <laughs> That's the direction I took about it. Like, what's something that doesn't exist in my regular life? Oh, a tolerance of music with trombones in it. Okay. <laughs> But now the problem is it started as a joke, and now I just genuinely enjoy ska music. <laughs> and, like, I almost got into a fist fight with a passenger because they asked me if the dropkick, uh, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones were the dropkick Murphys. And I was like, that's fucking cop music. You show some respect. I don't care if the Boss Tone singer is the announcer for Jimmy Kimmel Live. He wrote fucking Impression That I Get, which is only, like, their eighth best song. And one of the other things that I found is really interesting because, like, you, you, have to, you have to come up with ways to make your job interesting no matter what you do or you'll kill yourself. So one of the things that I started doing a couple of months ago is uh, I bought a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> and when I wear that Hawaiian shirt, I put on a death metal playlist. <laughs> so a passenger gets into my car and they're like, this guy likes to put, oh, did that uh, angry old goat man on the radio just sing something about a concentration camp? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's Angel of Death by Slayer. Hang 10, dude. They don't know what to think. It's probably why I haven't been getting tipped lately. It's all right. I, uh, uh, as I mentioned, I like music. I like going to shows. Uh, a couple years ago, I was fortunate enough to see the band Tool in concert. <laughs> Uh, fortunate initially, I should correct myself. There is a, a social contract when you go to any kind of performance, any kind of show. And typically, one of the understood rules, especially if it's a band, is if you go to see a band, the lead singer or the front man or front woman or front person or whoever uh, stands front and center to be seen. Maynard James Keenan, the lead singer of the band Tool, has never gotten this fucking memo. Because when I saw them two years ago in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, he hid behind the drum kit the whole fucking show. And on top of that, he was dressed head to toe in full police riot gear. <laughs> so clearly he was trying to make a political statement, but you don't get to say fuck the police and then hide in the curtains the whole show. Like, if you're going to make me listen to your fucking bullshit songs about math and fisting, you do it front and goddamn center. You son of a bitch. What kind of art school dropout bullshit is this? <laughs> Shortly after that, I got to see the band The Gym Blossoms play in the city that I was born in, which is not a sentence I thought I would ever string together. <laughs> because I tell everyone that I'm from a small nowhere town called Cardington, Ohio. And that's true. And I tell them that's typically where I was born and raised. But I was actually born in a slightly larger nowhere town called Marion, Ohio, because Marion had a hospital. As a baby? How does that help my joke? 
I'm sorry, that, that was aggressive. I'm glad you're here, but also don't interrupt my jokes. Please. I was born in Marion, Ohio, because Marion had a hospital. And the closest thing that Cardington has to a hospital is a barn where they take high school quarterbacks out back to shoot them when they break their leg during the big game. And my mom was like, let's take this to the people doctor. So Marion, Ohio is down where I was born in. I got to see the Jim Blossoms play something called the Marion Popcorn Festival, which is uh, aptly named because it is a festival. There is an abundance of popcorn, and it is contained entirely within the municipality of Marion County, Ohio. Uh, they, they nailed it. Three for three on the name. Knocked it out of the park. And we went and saw the Jim Blossoms, and the Jim Blossoms, right off the rip, nailed it. Johnny Jim Blossom, front and center, singing the whole goddamn time. I don't know that that's his real name, but anytime I don't know the names of a band, I just assume they use the same naming convention as the Ramones. It makes sense to me. It's fun. You go see a metal show. Oh, there's Carl Five Finger Death Punch on the guitar. What a time. And the Jim Blossoms, they played all their hits, which was great. They played a bunch of songs that were not hits, and there were way more of those. Uh, and then they closed their set by playing Hey Jealousy, the song that catapulted them to superstar and put them on the map. And it was a perfect end to a perfect evening until they walked off and then came back out and played two more songs that were not Hey Jealousy two more times in a row. Uh, first, they did a song off the new album, which it's too late for that. Not in the encore, you horse's ass. <laughs> and then they did a perfect cover of Johnny Cash's Folsom Prison Blues, which, why would you do that? <laughs> Everybody knows the old showbiz expression, always leaving wanting more of the song that you didn't write in the first fucking place. <laughs> like, it was a great performance, don't get me wrong, but they fucked up the order. But in spite of that, I still enjoyed myself, even if I would have done things differently. But a lot of people clown on bands that play rib cook-offs and county fairs and popcorn festivals and all that shit. And I'll tell you this, if you think the Jim Blossoms got out of bed that day for anything less than $10,000 and all you can eat popcorn, you're fucking high. <laughs> they were on the Empire Records soundtrack. They know how to work a goddamn deal. I'll uh, get out of here on this. Um, I'm a big, big record enthusiast because, you know, white. Um, I love I love vinyl. I love supporting record stores. Uh, every every year uh, during Record Store Day, which is basically just Black Friday for white guys who can't shut up about jazz, uh, like a albums will get reissued or re-released on vinyl for the first time. And and there's definitely times where I was like, oh, this makes sense. But then there are years where I'm like, who is this for? And a couple of years ago, my What the Fuck album was the Space Jam soundtrack released on blue and black Galaxy Splatter marble vinyl. It's really quick. By round of applause, who fucks with the Space Jam soundtrack? This is a new record. One person. Really quick, lone gunman. Do you own a turntable? Okay, so no. So literally, the one person in the room that that album is for can't even fucking listen to it. And a lot of people, like, th this is weird, because usually I'm in a room and I have to go on the defensive immediately because everybody fucking jizzes their pants over the Space Jam soundtrack like it's fucking good. 
it's not, and I'll explain why. Like, don't get me wrong. I would buy a 7-inch of the Monstar Anthem. Like, Busta Rhymes, Method Man, fucking uh, uh, LL Cool J. That's an amazing track. Great song. Monster, Monstar's Anthem. Hit him uh, low. Great song. All right. I don't know why I'm going into deep cuts with a non-Space Jam soundtrack crowd. <laughs> But you look at the, look at the stuff that people recognize though. There's a couple of good songs on the album. You've got Space Jam by Quad City DJs. It's a good track. It's a banger. But it's also the only other song anyone can name besides Come On Ride the Train. So who gives a shit? <laughs> you got Seal on the album. Amazing singer. Doing Steve Miller bands, Fly Like an Eagle. It's not Kiss from a Rose, so who fucking gives a shit? <laughs> like Batman Forever soundtrack? That's a fucking soundtrack. That's the first cassette I ever bought. Yeah. I bought that as a kid. Now, as an adult, I know it's a great soundtrack. As a shitty little kid, I only listened to Seal's Kiss from a Rose and U2's Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me. For the entire summer of 1995, I went to the public swimming pool five days a week with my boombox, with my Batman Forever soundtrack on cassette, and for eight hours a day, I listened to Seal's Kiss from a Rose Fast forwarded the cassette, flipped it over, and listened to U2's Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me for eight hours a day for an entire summer. I should have been an Amber Alert. <laughs> but I'm still here. Then you've got R. Kelly's I Believe I Can Fly. Amazing pop song, great song. But at this point, like, how many more documentaries have to be made before you stop defending R. Kelly? Like, if you support R. Kelly at this point, there is blood and urine on your hands. <laughs> Like, there, you know that there are great songs written by people who didn't fuck 12-year-olds? They're, they're out there. I'm just saying, ever heard of Thin Lizzy? The boys are back in town, but at least they're of age, for Christ's sake. Get out of here, R. Kelly, you fucking shit ass. The album closes with a track called Buggin' which is a hip-hop song by none other than Bugs Bunny. I have paid upwards of $60 for a single album. And I tell you the thing that I do not need on vinyl is a G-rated hip-hop song where an 80-year-old cartoon rabbit raps and recounts the plot of the film Space Jam from start to finish on the soundtrack to the film Space Jam. If you're buying the Space Jam soundtrack, you're balls deep in that universe. Why do you need the cliff notes? <laughs> All right, guys, I've been Dustin Meadows. Thank you so much. <laughs> Keep it going for Mel, everybody. Here's what we're about to do. If you guys have uh, anything that you're curious about, like like why this microphone stand doesn't like just stay where I want it to, feel free to think about that for a second as I ask our comedians a question because we're about to get into the fact that I'm drunker than you. <laughs> and you're a better host than I am right now. So comedians, come back up. And we're about to have a little roundabout that I should have told you about probably at the beginning of the podcast. Actually, every professional comedian at this establishment has told me that I should have done that. But, you know, 
We're amateurs. <laughs> Catherine will get it because she's a professional photographer. Yeah, flail your arms immediately. <laughs> All right. I'm going to, I'm going to. All right. In the, this, this, this interview method only works, Dustin, if you're holding the microphone. <laughs> so in any case, I'm about to start this first question off with a simple one. You guys noodle for a second and listen to the, the amazing responses you're about to get from our amazing guest tonight. And I'm going to ask them a uh, favorite story, a favorite uh, other city that they played outside of Columbus, Ohio. I'm going to start with Dustin because I feel like he is just super improv and ready for this shit. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew. But you guys think about some shit and we're about to hear. Dustin, what is your favorite story about uh, playing in another city? Oh, man. Uh so my, do you want my weirdest or my coolest? Weirdest. <laughs> All right, weirdest. Uh, I went on tour in 2013 and played a town called Metamora, Indiana. Uh, the it, it's not even a town. It technically, I believe, it constitutes as a burg, <laughs> which is like when the population is less than a hundred people or some shit. Uh, so we played this bed and breakfast where the median age of everyone in attendance was like 55. So it was a bunch of old people. So they were real hip to my comedy, uh, my target demo. And I mentioned I played music. So we got in there. It's this weird bed and breakfast. It's got like an old-timey kind of country-western feel to it. And the, and the stage area we're playing, there's like a piano. There's an upright bass. There's some guitars hanging on the wall. I'm about two-thirds of the way through my set, and... Um, they're not into it, because why the fuck would they be? <laughs> they, they don't want to hear some liberal college kid talk about getting a blowjob during Star Wars or whatever jokes I was doing at that point. Uh, so I mentioned, I was like, you know, before I did this, I was a musician. Uh, would you guys mind if to close, I played a song? And they're like, oh, no, that's really cool. Uh, so I got the permission of the bed and breakfast proprietor. Uh, I got a permission. Took the guitar off the wall, uh, and I started playing Wagon Wheel by Old Crow Medicine Show uh, because the song had gotten me laid once. <laughs> and pretty much the only people who don't like Old Crow, or at least the only people who don't like Wagon Wheel, are people who live in Tennessee. Uh, outside of that, everyone loves it. Like everyone in Tennessee, there's like, I don't like this song because geographically, that's not where the Cumberland Gap is in relation to Johnson City. All right, fucking kill yourself. Calm down. <laughs> I don't like this song because on a map it doesn't make sense. Fuck off. <laughs> so I get through the first chorus of Wagon Wheel, uh, and no shit, I hear a fiddle uh, accompanying me. And I looked at the back of the room. One of the women in the audience had run out to her car and gotten her fiddle out and started playing as she came back in to accompany me. Uh and I was like, all right, this is kind of cool. Uh, and then while I noticed that, then the owner came up behind me and started plucking away at the fucking upright bass. Uh, and we had a weird country jamboree jam sesh to close out my set in this weird bed and breakfast in Metamora, Indiana. And, yeah. All right, Amber, uh, can you compete with that? <laughs> 
You you don't have to compete with it, but you can just tell us a story about outside of town. <laughs> cool. Uh, great. That sounds fun. Mine's just like mine's just like when you start a new thing. Like comedy was really new to me, and then I uh, fucked it. Fucked a stupid comic. Oops. <laughs> and uh, he was like, "Come out, come out to Chicago, man." And we're I'm, I got us a gig, and I was like, "Oh my god, a gig in Chicago." So then we get there, and it's I like walk up. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. But I was really new and, like, terrified and hadn't really been booked on a ton of things. And we're out there, and we walk up to this bar, and it's, like, fucking banging. Like, you look, look in the window, there's just, like, 100 people just, like, wow. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, big crowd. I'm ready for the comedy. And we walk in, and I was like, woo, where's the stage? And then he's like, it's in the basement. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, they're not here for me. <laughs> Or any of us, or this hairy little guy I'm fucking from Detroit. <laughs> it's not, they're not, it's not gonna, okay. So we go to the basement. It's it's not like a finished, it's like a rough, just cement walls. There's like a string of party lights, and I was like, they tried. They, somebody, fuck, I barely, but they put something up. And But it was like low and moldy, and there was literally just like a, a, a fucking shower curtain, uh, that we walked through, and then the stage just had a shower curtain that you stood in front of. <laughs> and I was like, this is going great. And no one was down there, obviously. It was me and, like, four comedians that were all just depressed, including me. And then I was just like, this is so terrible. Like, I can't. Like, no one's coming to this shit. And uh, the host was, like, sweating bullets. He's like, well, if, if, you know, people were coming. I, like, ten people told me they're coming. And I was like, no one's coming. <laughs> this guy is known for weeks. This is a mistake. So I'm standing there just, like, rocking back and forth in a chair, like, please, God, let this be canceled. Please, God. And it was so close, right? And, like, literally, he's like, if no one shows up in five minutes, we're canceling the show, and we're just going to go get really drunk. And I was like, Word. But we went down these like creepy little stairs to get to this creepy fuck basement. And what happened? But I think an elderly woman fell down the stairs. And she's like, I'm here for the show. And like tumbles and uh, just like, hit, I swear to God, she's like, is this a comedy? And I was like, please, no, it's not. Just lie to her. L lie to her. She doesn't want this. And then we, this guy made us do the fucking show to like one just crazy old woman who just didn't. <laughs> She was just on her phone. It was the most depressing. It was like the size of this room, but stinky and bad, and with one old woman and just comedians that were like, just fucking shut up already. Uh, I mean, that's fun, right? That's uh, That was a fun time. So that's... Uh, you should do comedy. It's so glorious. <laughs> you do it because this is, this is all you've ever wanted, right? <laughs> All right, Mr. Mr. Doug, first name Wonder. I don't drive, so I don't really get to do a lot of out-of-town shows. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, I'm like a local treasure, and that's what I'm good for. <laughs> but my comedian friend Leslie Battle got us on a show in Indianapolis, and it was at a cat cafe, <laughs> and I talked about my ex-boyfriend killing himself to cats, and it was, <laughs> it was pretty, it was a game changer, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a game changer to me. I'm having trouble imagining it. <laughs> so, does anybody have a question? All right, we got a first hand up. This is going to go by first hands up. I'm going to let you know from here the fuck on out. Right here, Michael. Well, uh, I can ask you to do a specific comedian. 
Okay. All right. Uh, first off, Amber, have you ever considered going into the family business? Uh, my family business is uh, old and creepy and haunted. <laughs> it's not what it's called. Um, it's a it's a meat packing company that is old and creepy and haunted. Um, and uh, I have considered it because. I'm selfish, and I can just probably be like, Dad, I just can't make it in today. I'm following my dreams. I want to do comedy in a basement for an old dying person. <laughs> so, yeah, good question. I've considered it, and I've done it before, and it was just, I'm a shithead. I'm really mean. So They fired me twice, and I, I bet they'd take me back again. <laughs> Anyone? All right, we got... Yeah, I'm the guy who has the Space Jam record. Um, so, uh, Wonder Dog. <laughs> no, this is a good question. Um, so, like, I mean, your your stories are like, I mean, uh, you know, whatever, comedy is tragedy plus time. But, like, some of your stories are, are hard, but, like, uh do you enjoy finding the comedy in them or is it still just hard stories for you that other people laugh at? Damn. I don't know. I, you're, you're fine. I don't really, most of the time I don't enjoy it as much. It's therapeutic for me, uh, but sometimes a joke will work and I use it and then it's like I'm taking my ex-boyfriend on stage with me for like two years so it's like I never like it's cathartic in that moment but I'm still like keeping it going for years it helps um I get messages a lot from people who have like quit drinking or like been suicidal and shit a lot and I help those people and that's good I guess it keeps me busy most of the time I'm really anxious and I don't get to enjoy things because of my mental health um but I'm working on that so I have a weird history of um, when I was like younger, I was in hospitals a lot and they I was over medicated. So I can't really I don't feel comfortable taking medication for my thing. So I just kind of do my thing. And it's got me here <laughs> in this living room. <laughs> yeah, well, this living room hopefully isn't the pinnacle of everything for you. <laughs> it's pleasant enough, but. If you're, like, dealing with that shit, like, Doug does a lot of work with Kaleidoscope. Check that shit out. It's, it's helped him. It can help you. So, yeah. Does anybody else have any other questions? We're not taking another one from you. You're way too active. There's other curious people in this audience. I'm feeling there it. No, there are. I've got a question. <laughs> all right. All right. Jesus Christ. We got to go with this motherfucker. I'm just kidding. I love this guy. I love this guy. Um, Doug, a, a while ago at Space Bar, you told a really good joke about uh, a conspiracy of Beyonce trying to kill your dog. Why didn't you ever tell that story again? I've yet to hear you tell that stand-up joke again. That was so good, and yet you don't do it. What's up, buddy? <laughs> I, I have a weird thing. That I think Beyonce killed my dog. <laughs> It was really hilarious, but I don't like talking about my dog much because I got my dog, and then like a week after I got my dog, I quit drinking uh, and got my shit together so I could take care of this dog, and then my dog died. 
suddenly, and it was Beyonce's fault. If you're listening, Beyonce. <laughs> or any Blue Ivy, if you're listening, I don't know how hip that child is. Um, but I, everyone, when my dog died, everyone freaked out because they thought I was going to lose it. They thought I was going to relapse. So it's a really good joke. It's just hard to, it's hard to get back into that one. It's funny. I don't really remember all of it. It's, I, the papers that you saw, I have boxes of papers at home, and I'll dig through and find that one. I'll do it next time at Space Bar for you. I have another question for you. This is, uh, you know, you know, I'm I'm drunk enough. I'm feeling loose, ready to ask some questions. Like, you guys, like, when you're coming up with new ideas and shit, when you're when you when you got something fresh coming up, you got a little uh, idea and you're noodling on it, and uh, like, well, how do you, how do you make that come to life, uh, Amber? First of all, I must say I love how often you've said noodle. <laughs> I just want, <laughs> I really want pasta. Um, that's all I can think about. I almost forget the question. Um, I smoke too much weed. And I will make my boyfriend pause like movies and TV shows that we're watching just so I can write shit down. That doesn't even pertain to this show because I'm so ADD. I just, I'm not even listening anymore. And I'll just be like, hey, can you pause this? It's pretty good, but I have an idea. And he's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so it's really just tormenting my partner <laughs> and letting him, um, you know, just die in front of me <laughs> while I try to think I'm a creative. That's really about it. What about you, Dustin? Uh, typically for me, when I started, I used to basically script out my jokes word for word and now with having done it as long as I have uh, and getting some experience I tend to kind of like bullet point main like punchlines or like ideas that I want to hit and then I just keep taking it on stage until it gets to a point where I either like it or I say all right this isn't going to work I'll come back to it in two years that's kind of <laughs> that's my whole process you got the skill you, you got the like the skeleton yard that you come back to once in a while yeah, there's a there. I've got a few jokes that like I've been literally working on since I started doing stand up that like aren't there yet. So I was like, every two years, I was like, yeah, I'll come back to this. Oh, it's still not working. Okay, I'm not good enough yet. I'll come back to you. So like as a follow up, have you ever like is there one that you can remark on that you've been like, yeah, I pulled that from the skeleton yard and it, and it killed. Oh, killed? No, never. <laughs> uh, kind of worked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, I have a joke. Uh, my father passed away while I was in college, um, and I, for like literally since I started doing stand-up, I've had like a, a story, a joke that I've been trying to make work about it, and sometimes it'll hit, but most of the times it's like an audience doesn't know whether to be as like, oh, that sucks, even after I explain that like he sucks, so it's okay to laugh about him being dead, because that's that's how empathy works. Um yeah, the way you were all uncomfortable right now. That's about how the joke goes over. <laughs> so that's that's why I didn't do that joke tonight, because it's not there yet. <laughs> all right. Dustin, have you got anything on the subject? I'm, you just, I'm a Doug. I'm a Doug. Don't you ever disrespect my son again. <laughs> Doug, do you have anything on that subject? <laughs> Oh, is it, is it done? Is it recording? Don't move. Don't pick it up. It's fine. 
It looks like a little Ghostbuster trap. <laughs> I forgot what the question was. I mean, what's what? What do we? Again, I'm on. Oh. Um, <laughs> all right. What was the? I don't remember what it was. It was about the impetus of jokes of like you got an idea, you got something coming up, and you're thinking about it, and like how do you like turn a, like a like a thought into an actual fucking joke? I test it on social media. If it doesn't get a certain amount of likes, I <laughs> I delete it. Like if it, I have a thing that Berkey and my boss will make fun of me. I have an LPM thing. If it doesn't get a certain amount of likes per minute, I get really freaked out and I delete it. I've lost several jokes to that. Is somebody new coming in, or is that guy leaving? Have a great night. Bye. Andrew. I usually. By Andrew. I usually run every joke by Andrew, and <laughs> if he leaves the party, He's then... He's never going to use this joke again. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. <laughs> I, I'm done talking for now. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Doug. Does anybody have any other questions? All right. You guys, we are open for the night. It has been a, a glorious evening. This is the closing of the show, but we are open for the night. Woo! <laughs> I want to thank every one of you motherfuckers for coming here and enjoying this with me because I have had a blast even though I have fucked up at least four times in a major way. I wouldn't have been able to sleep tonight without that. So thank you. But give it up for, our, for these fucking comedians who are amazing. And now that you know of them, you've, you might have heard of them before. Now you know of all of them. They're still doing shit around town. Dustin isn't leaving for a minute, so you got some time with Dustin. He's about to go make the big money in L.A. and shit, and I understand that. I understand the draw. You got anything to say about that? <laughs> uh, literally everyone that's uh, talking about me moving to L.A. has way more confidence that I'm going to hit it big sooner than I do. So, so. Is that why you're leaving to hit it? Oh no, I'm leaving to get away from everyone here. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you can still catch Amber every fucking like what is it? Second Tuesday? Second Tuesdays in the German Village. What? Where? I thought you were correcting me because I'm so wasted. Second Tuesdays in German Village at Growlin Gremlin at the at, at the. That's what I just said, Catherine. Thank you for taking photos. You can stop judging me and my commentary. <laughs> and Doug has so many shows. We got the variety show. When is the variety show at uh, Shrunken Head? Yes. First Friday's at Shrunken Head. Second Thursday's at Space Bar. Most days at the Garden and, and Mel's Dreams. Thank you. Good night. I think Doug said it best. Thank you. Good night. Produced by Lampshade Media. Edited by Tyson Shipman. Music by Tyson Shipman. Voiceover by Austin Hoover. And Mel did things too. 
Special thanks to Donnie Mossman and Griffin Browning for graphic design, Catherine Smith for photography, and Paddy Wagon Food for sponsoring our live events.